Welcome to the Equine Veterinary Education Podcasts. Hello, and welcome to the Equine Veterinary Education Podcast. I am your host, Lizzie Halliwell, and today we will be speaking to Katie Thompson about her paper which discusses head tossing behaviour in six horses which were referred to the Animal Health Trust in Newmarket and whether this is as a result of true idiopathic head shaking or musculoskeletal pain. Hi Katie, thanks for joining us. Hi Lizzie, yeah, really happy to be here. Thanks for asking me on. Now, head shaking is quite a distressing condition for both owners and the horses which suffer from it. Recent advances in evidence has demonstrated the similarities between this and trigeminal neuralgia in humans. Can you describe for us the common clinical features of trigeminal-mediated head shaking in horses? Yeah, so um, in humans with trigeminal neuralgia, um, they report a burning, itching, tingling or electric-like sensation in the face. And although our horses can't describe the sensation that they're having, um, many uh, many people looking at head shaking have drawn conclusions from the clinical signs, which... Um, are things like snorting, rubbing of the nose, striking at the nose with the forelimbs, or acting as if an insect had flown up the nose. So these kind of clinical signs indicate a similar um, sensation that horses are experiencing. Obviously, the, the most classical clinical signs is violent vertical, horizontal, or rotary movement of the head. And this was what we were looking at in particular that these horses that were referred to as showed um, and whether this was this same trigeminal mediated head shaking or something different. Another clinical feature of head shaking is that it's often seasonal or associated with certain weather or light stimuli in, in some cases. Um, and often they can worsen with increasing exercise intensity but it's it can be seen at rest or during exercises um, the horses are rather unpredictable often and can pose a danger to themselves or their owners or riders so yeah it's quite a, a troubling syndrome in, in those horses that have it yeah definitely I think we can all agree on that um, so this report that you've recently submitted to Eve discusses the case records of six horses um, and they were all referred into yourselves for further investigation of you describe it as head tossing behavior so what were the I know you've touched on this a little bit but what were the similarities and differences between these six horses and the behavior they showed and the the signs that you've just described yeah so all but one of these horses showed head tossing or head shaking behavior in a vertical or horizontal plane um, when they were ridden at the AHT. The remaining horse uh, didn't actually show this behaviour at the AHT but came to us because of that problem that the owner had reported um, and showed us video evidence of. Um, However, it never showed this this behaviour with us. So these horses, some of them were referred for head shaking and previous vets had thought that they had head shaking but others it was another sign that had been noticed by the owners and and some were thought to have trigeminal mediated head shaking and others were referred for various behavioral problems and um, only one of these six horses showed 
head tossing at rest. The rest were all only during exercise. Um, none of them showed the classical rotary movement of the head. It was all vertical or horizontal. Um, none of them showed an association with sunlight or seasonality um, or showed excessive sneezing or snorting. And only two of the horses showed head tossing on the lunge, which worsened with ridden exercise. Um, and we'd expect, if it was trigeminal mediated, you'd expect the behaviour to be shown both on the lunge and ridden, um, whereas most of these just showed them when ridden. And did you think that the fact that there was a lack of the head tossing behaviour at rest was significant as well? Yeah, absolutely. So the one of the horses that did show it at rest occasionally showed it in the stable out in the field and showed some strange twitching of the nose as well which has also been seen in some cases of head shaking and we did at the end of our diagnostics we thought that this particular horse did have an element of trigeminal mediated head shaking whereas the other five didn't. So you mentioned in the introduction of the report there was various medications that used to treat trigeminal mediated head shaking in horses so cyproheptadine, carbamazepine and gabapentin and melatonin. Um, are you aware if any of the referring vets had tried these therapies in the horses first before they'd come to you and if there'd been any response? So as far as the history of these cases reflected with us none of these particular therapies had been tried only one horse had had a course of an oral antihistamine, chlorophenamine, but they only had it for four days and there was no change in behaviour. Some of the horses had undergone trials with things such as nose nets, face masks and ear covers, but only one had had an improvement in clinical signs in, with using a nose net, and that was the horse that we did think had an element of trigeminal-mediated head shaking. I think a possible reason for the absence of these treatments is that most of these medications are really expensive because of the high doses that are required in horses. So owners were reluctant to trial them without a kind of de definitive diagnosis of, of trigeminal mediated head shaking. Um, so yeah, that was that was my thought on. On why. Fine. And um, so you, the results of the paper actually indicate that um, none apart from possibly one of the horses were actually affected by trigeminal mediated head shaking. And the cause of the behaviour was actually musculoskeletal pain. Um, so can you briefly describe for us the kind of diagnostic process which allowed you to, to come to this conclusion? Yes. Yeah, so at the Animal Health Trust, um, Sue's diagnostic workup of these horses followed the same step-by-step -step logical procedure that, that all of her cases do that are referred in there. So all of the horses were examined thoroughly in the stable, then in walk and trot in straight lines, on the lunge, on firm and soft surfaces, and then finally ridden as well, usually by the owner first if it was safe or they were willing to do so, and then by a member of AHT staff again, if it was safe to do so. Um, and all of these horses were safe to ride when they came into us. Um, so they were all examined on multiple occasions to ensure that there was consistency of all clinical signs that we were seeing, including lameness and these pain-related behaviours. 
And then we would begin diagnostic analgesia, starting at the bottom of the lamest limb and then moving upwards and any other lame limbs were done as well. Um, so often, as, the, as was the case in many of these horses, the lameness would improve after some diagnostic analgesia, but some of the behaviour would persist or another source of lameness would become obvious, um, in which case further blocking would be done until we could see either a vast improvement or resolution of the behaviour and or lameness. So, for example, horse two displayed right hind limb lameness, which was abolished by analgesia of the deep branch of the lateral plantar nerve, at which point it then went lame on the left hind, um, which then improved to the same block. However, the horse still showed this head tossing behaviour, uh, as well as an abnormal canter gait. So then we performed analgesia of the sacroiliac joint region bilaterally which then resolved all behavior and lameness signs so yeah that's really interesting um another point i'd just like to explore a little bit is that so four out of six horses in your report had already received oral butte for varying periods prior to referral um given your findings that the the primary source of the head tossing behaviour displayed um, was musculoskeletal pain. Did it then surprise you that actually only one of the six horses had showed any improvement with, with Butte? Yeah, this was surprising and slightly confusing. However, the history of uh, some of these cases was very vague and it was unknown how many days or at what dose the horses had been on. So the owner of horse three was the only one to report an improvement and this was on an undetermined dose uh, for only three days. Horse three did only have one source of pain which was an osseous cyst-like lesion of the left forefoot so this could be a possible explanation for the the good response to to Butte um, in this horse. However, the other three horses, one, four and six, all had multiple sources of pain which were reasonably severe and likely chronic. So all of these horses also had short durations of treatment. Um, I think the longest one was 10 days, um, but the rest were kind of three or four days. Um, and also two of these horses were diagnosed with sacroiliac joint region pain, which we know often respond poorly to non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. So it may have been partly that the dose or duration of the of the butte had been inadequate then. Yeah, that's right. And possibly the chronicity of, of their problems meant that the, the response mm. to butte wasn't as expected. Mm. Given that then, do you think that assessing the response to a course of systemic non-steroidals, for example, butte, is a reasonable first step when we're trying to diagnose the cause of head-tossing behaviour in practice? Yeah, I definitely think it's a good first step. It's a really simple trial to carry out, and if there is improvement, then it's likely to indicate pain rather than a trigeminal-mediated head shaking. However, if there's no improvement, we can't rule out that there's not pain. Um, it's just we need to then further investigate it. Um, you must also bear in mind the placebo effect of owners, um, but a useful tool to eliminate that is 
to get the owner to take video recordings before and during treatment. Yeah, great. That's a really good idea. Um, so finally, to sum up, what's your take home message to vets presented with a horse with head tossing behaviour? I think the biggest take home would be to keep an open mind when presented with a case like this. Um, and Because what could what appears to be classical head shaking might not be and use a logical stepwise approach to the case to rule out all possible causes of the problem before giving a diagnosis. Um, If the problem reported is present or worse during ridden exercise, then a really important thing is to definitely see the horse ridden to see the behaviour at its worst and keep a lookout for other pain-related behaviours that could be seen under saddle and also for lameness that may worsen when the horse is ridden, which might not be visible in a trot-up. That's great. Thank you, Katie, for discussing your paper with us. And thank you all for listening. We hope you all join us next time for the next episode of the EVE podcast. Thank you for listening to this Equine Veterinary Education podcast. More on the subjects discussed in this podcast can be found online at wileyonlinelibrary.com forward slash journal forward slash eve.